and hello jim hello david i hope you leave the snap in the episode that was we'll be like the adams family yeah maybe you can like cut it like i don't know um i'm not giving you any more editing work to do on that that's that's johnny depp now johnny depp uh i guess is gonna bring the adams family back to life I can't remember Eva something or other is going to he'd be. Ha- he, he'd have to in order to, um, you know, explain uh, his uh, current court troubles. Somebody's got to pay those bills. Somebody's <laughs> got to pay the lawyer bills. May as well be Netflix. Uh, I don't know what was going on there, but let's just say some people got crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, man, it's been a wild weekend. Um, I was uh, I went to visit Nick Bongers this weekend. Who's uh, the guy behind Great Lakes Guitar Pickups? And um, I shot a pickup demo while I was there, and um, got to play a lot of stuff. And uh, it was a really good time. We just kind of sat around and played guitar all weekend. Um, you mean you mean this pickup demo? I don't know if it's going to be in the episode or not, but it, but it's coming out soon. 
Um, I'm actually editing it now. There's a lot of footage I got to put together because the pickups we are giving away from Nick, actually, um, I wound those at GearFest two years ago, a year ago. Um, not this July, but the previous July. Oh, yeah. Yep. And um, I had not heard them until this weekend. And uh, that was a surprising situation because we put them in the guitar and... Well, first thing, the guitar that we put him into is the Godin LGP90. And when Nick was taking it apart and, and installing the pickups, he goes, he goes, this thing's really well made. Like the, the shielding and stuff's really well done on this thing. And uh, it, it was a cinch to put him in and out. Part of that's probably because Good Time has redone the wiring in that guitar for me. Um, and I had him put in 500K pots to give the P90s the best shot. So when we did the shootout, it was 500 K pots. We had Seymour Duncan's that were, um, stock in the guitar. And then we had the, uh, the, uh, Great Lakes guitar pickups, custom, you know, P90 set that we created. And I got to say, I was expecting them to be good. I wasn't expecting them to be freaking magic. And that's what they were. I'm not talking these pickups up. In fact, I, I'll, I'll put my money where my mouth is. I turned to Nick and I said, I don't want to give these away. <laughs> I said, Are you going to buy them? We, and then Nick said, Nick basically said, we're going to make some. So <laughs> it was like he turned around. And he was like, yep, we're definitely going to make some. And and here's here's some of the um, conversation behind this. So Nick knows pickups like no other. I mean, I, I sat with him while we were putting together some new ones and we were just going back and forth and he was explaining all this pickup technology stuff to me. And um, it this is a testament to how good he is, right? So he makes pickups, and sometimes he doesn't have a guitar to throw them in to actually test them, and they rarely came ba- come back. So he has a box that he keeps all of his, like, old pickups that didn't work out or, like, somebody didn't like and that kind of stuff. And I, when I tell you he has a box, it's a really tiny box, <laughs> okay? It's, like, yay big. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's just got all the wraps of wire, so it's just, like, you know, they're just put in there. Um and he was telling me, he's like, well, you know, he's like, I've got my two P90 guitars. And he's got a um, very old Les Paul, uh, a special, or is a special? Junior. And then he has a um, MSG Junior, which is actually a Les Paul Junior. And um, he's like, those got the original dog ears in them, and he doesn't want to mess with them. So his whole thing was like, uh, I don't really put my P90s anything in anything, and this is the first time I've actually heard them like in person and not be like video clip or audio clip from somebody. And he's like, wow. He, I mean, he was like, yeah, these sound really good. Um, and he was sending me, he was sending me pictures of ads from reverb. Um, when I got back, um, today of, you know, there's this guitar that has P90 or has a, has an aftermarket P90 in it. And I want it cause I'm going to throw mine in there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, so I walked out actually, um, poor because I basically told yeah, them I said we're going to make a set of P90s. We were going to make them and I was going to have them when I came home. Um, and we, we didn't have the right um, – we were missing like some like um, spacers, spacers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Spa- it was a spacer in the cover. Um, I learned how to take Seymour Duncan logos off of my covers, which was nice um, and actually kind of inventive. Uh, Nick Nick is a good guy, but, but I'll, I'll characterize him as this. If there's something that needs to be done – He'll do it. He'll figure out a way. He's actually building Jim, and you can appreciate this. You know, he's a Kiss cover man. He's building a lift in his garage for the drums. I saw that picture you sent me. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. 
I saw it that about, about you sent me a little video where he's talking about how it's lifting and I was like wow that is yeah. let me tell you something that is a level of <laughs> cover band that goes I mean literally it's like above and beyond the level of anything you've ever seen before <laughs> no not not above anything I've ever seen before but above and beyond anything that most people have seen and definitely yeah. something I've never been a part of um that that goes that goes Okay, here's this cover band, but his is a cover band that Gene Simmons would go, yeah, that's a cover band of our band. I mean, yeah, you know, and Gene, I, I'm willing to bet you Gene would give them a stamp of approval. Nick, um, Nick and I had long conversations about, you know, how he structures that philosophy. So he's not just involved in that project. He actually has some, some other music stuff that's got going on. Yeah. And um, it's it's much a passion project for him, but like, um, he just gets how it's supposed to work, right? Like he knows that in order for them to do that correctly, you have to have the stage props. Right. You have to have the stage show to go with it. And so like yeah. that involves, you know, fake marshals and all the other things that they do so that they can do this in small clubs. Yeah. Um, what is, what is a kiss cover band without the light show, without the fire, without the, cause even in the smaller clubs, Gene Simmons was doing that. You know, and, and and for every little attraction they add, their fee goes up. So, yeah. um, and and in fact, uh, I could see him in the very near future doing tiered pricing, where he's negotiating with the club owners on this. Uh, you, know, you want to see oh, yeah. this? That's going to cost you this much. If and, you want to uh, see the, if you want to see the rising drums, you got to. Yeah. yeah, I hope I'm not giving anything away from our conversations. I I, I thought that was just all amicable stuff, but um, yeah. I had a good time. He seems great. like a per, he seems like a perfectionist. My um, like I said, my cousin Jimmy, he's um, uh, Elvis guy, and all of the per, every sequin in yeah. his jacket is perfect. Everything is down to the microscopic measurement that you could do. Looking at Elvis's stuff and then taking, I mean, think about how much access he had to have Elvis's guitar. You know, with his name in it. And all the stuff, and he's got mm-hmm. he's got exact not built by oh this Chinese company overseas that didn't do it. No, he had it built by the same people. I don't. I mean, I don't think he's like a perfectionist in that regard. I think he just knows that the the check boxes he needs to hit, yeah. and he makes sure he hits those well. Um, in terms of like how he does pickups, he's very meticulous, but he also knows what he can get away with, and like in 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 the best way possible. Like, okay, so. Um, for example, you know, Fender and their bobbins, they're, they're really just ma- like a magnetic thing that they, yeah. they have pole pieces, right? And they would wrap wire around the pole pieces. So like some years they use tape, you know, and then uh, he, he, he explained to me some of his secrets. I'm not going to go into detail on what he does, but we were, we were talking about it and he says, you know, th- there's this thing you can do. And like um, he knows what, what Fender was doing, right? But he also right. knows what matters because he's like, yeah, I've done that before, and it's really not. It's it's it doesn't make any difference to the sound of the of the pickup, you know. And those right. are the kind of things that are really um, critical to, uh, you know, being successful in any business is to understand what you can ignore. And I think right. I think he's I don't want to I think ignores like a bad word, but I but he knows what he can get away with, yeah. um, and and what's going to work. So. For any of our listeners who are considering a set of pickups from anybody, um, please, like, do yourself a favor. Uh, it'll take you, you know, 
five, 10 minutes to reach out to Great Lakes Guitar Pickups, send him an email. He will tell you if what you're looking for is something he can do or not. And more often than not, it's something he can do. I mean, I saw his, I saw blade uh, single coils there. I saw all kinds of weird, weird crap. Um, and uh, he hands me a guitar and he says, he says, play this. And I'm playing it. And he goes, those are quarter pounders. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, he's he's got, you know, basically a quarter pounder set. And I'm like, okay. You know, like, um, and not everything like was my cup of tea for sure. But like, they all sounded good. I mean, what they do, right? So I've, you know, I've played every pickup under the sun that you can, that you can play in a production guitar. Uh, we did go to some cool shops. Um, I, yeah, Motor City. Yeah, well, Motor City Guitar Works, and that was cool. And um, those guys were. If you ever get a chance to go to Motor City Guitar in uh, in, uh, it's in it's around Detroit, I recommend it. They had a lot of stuff, not snobbery. Um, their pedal cabinet was so full that I spent like twenty minutes looking through it. Uh, the and that that's the used pedal cabinet. Okay, yeah. just the used stuff. There they have more new. Okay. Um, and I was looking for like Roger Mayer stuff and, you know, kind of like weird, obscure stuff. And, and I yeah. found a couple actually. <laughs> so I didn't buy anything, but I did find a couple and I was like, man, these are just not the ones I'm looking for. Like if I can find, you know, um, an Axis fuzz or something like that, I would, yep. I would have plunked down money probably. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, it's a cool place. Um, highly recommend it. Prices are good. Uh, guys are nice. You'll find that um, they have, like a used pickup bin and they have, you know, um, you can buy cable by the foot there and connectors from all kinds of companies that you've never even heard of before. It's like like (laughs) going to the fries of guitar shops. Yeah. It's very much like, it's like home Depot with guitars in it. I mean, they have pretty much everything you'd need to put on a show and like you could make your own cables and all that kind of crap out of there. So it's cool. Um, but you, you, you obviously have something going on. Like you, I mean the the paint looks similar, but I, I can I think I think you might be in a new room. All right, so I'm going to move the camera a little bit while I'm talking to you. So as you can see here, that's that's actually covering the fact that what I did was I had to put um, some not so pretty uh, soundproofing up because the person that did this. So this was a studio. This is a built studio. So this is a room within a room. The way a studio is supposed to be built. The only thing I have to do is finish the floor. So, um, and, of, and of course, I did all this stuff that you're about to see. But So, I've got traps in every corner. You can see there. There's a trap down behind there. And there's a trap in every corner. So, um, everything's got a trap. It, it's really well done. It's got a little bit of work to do. Um, I, think you'll, I think you'll all appreciate the, uh, the weird stuff going on. Um, and... Uh, so here's uh, behind there. The person decided they wanted a window so that they could look into a control room, right? Well, <laughs> they made the window out of just plain old plexiglass, so noise just pow, and it's recessed. So it actually caused more too many quarters. So what I did was I stuffed it full of pillows, um, and I put a baby blanket up over it. My sons are way out of it's baby temp- blankets. So. It's temporary. It is. I'm going to do something more rock and roll with it, but it's temporary now. Um, well, I was going to ask the question. So they put up plexiglass, right? But did they leave an air gap? Did they put like, because you're supposed to put 
an air gap in yeah, between no. two sheets on. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. They did not. This was um, somebody's idea of what a studio is supposed to be then. <laughs> exactly. So then um the uh they um did uh this these walls with a really heavy like outside it's all foam all the way around. Yeah, so right. So right. don't bother the neighbors. But the problem is because because of that the inside was built with really hard uh drywall and they didn't do anything in the inside so what i've done is obviously i put up acoustic panels but i needed to absorb a lot of room on one of these walls so here's what i did to absorb the the um uh... <laughs> is that a is that cloth or yeah that's canvas that okay. is canvas yeah. yeah i mean it's still it'll still be reflective and if your floors are hard they're going to be reflective and so will your ceiling yeah, but that that right there that knocks down. I don't know how. I don't know if it's because of an air gap because of the way I got it hung. It's probably the air gap. Um, but it knocks down sound. Uh, that's an original Thor poster from the original movie, um, the the first Thor movie, and uh, so uh, that thing is twelve feet long. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's twelve feet. It's. The room is 11 by 11 on the inside. That's 12 feet long. There's actually a foot of it over here in front of me. So as you could see, Chris Helmsworth's uh, face as I was going around. Um, so I have this. It's going to go in the door just to knock down some. I've actually got acoustic paneling on the door, but I'm going to put this on there. And this will be like a, um, a gate to come in the room. Um, it's going right. to be perfect. I can't, I can't expect perfection, but as soon as I get some acoustic tiling down the floor um, and, and raise the floor, um, I think that uh, that's going to do that's going to do a ton. Well, what I mean by acoustic tile, I shouldn't say acoustic tile. I'm, I'm going to put down acoustic floor um, flooring and a, and a fuzzy carpet or something. To yeah, I mean even even for just a mixing space, like a really yeah. like big absorptive rug. Yeah, as and, dead and as it can be. Right. You want to treat directly above your your head. Like yeah. where the mo- where your studio monitors are at, and you know, try because yep. otherwise you're going to get reflections off the ceiling. Yeah, and the um, studio monitors are going to go here, so to I my mean, right and left, obviously. So. I mean, my space is dead, and you can see I don't have much treatment. I mean, it's not completely dead, but it's dead enough that I can mix in it. And yeah. I think part of it's also because I do all my listening of music like right here, so yeah. I'm just used to what it sound this room sounds like and what the music is supposed to sound like. Right. Um, my mixes are not. You know they're not studio quality or anything, but but they're good. They're better than most. Um, so so I used um, I used some posters as well. So so let's take let's take a little look around. So obviously there's my V and my Strat, and my SG and stuff. Oh look, there's a base. <laughs> I got to move out of the way. So yep. I've got a uh, um, a Music Man Stingray. Well, it's not a Music Man. It's a it's the uh, Sterling. It's a Sterling. It's a Sterling Stingray, but it's a start. I'm actually going to get the Music Man version of the same bass, um, which is triple the price used. Yeah, they, this yeah, was new. <laughs> triple the price. Like Seventeen hundred dollars no. used. Yeah, and in some cases more. Yeah. Yeah, we've got one in the store for like sixteen hundred dollars, and then this little bass amp right here is going to get replaced by a Mark bass. I'm going to go with the Mark bass. Um, uh, thousand watt, I think it is. Yeah, those are um, those are decent. 
Um, They're really nice. I'm, a big, I'm actually a big fan of the Mesa Subways. I didn't I didn't think like Mesa made great bass amps, but I've seen a couple guys come into uh, Good Time and play them. Yeah. I'm like, Damn. I just the truth of the matter <laughs> is when it comes to your comes to I mean, if I was doing it for just recording, it'd be one thing, but. Right. The truth of the matter is that most bass amps on stage, unless you're a big act, if you've got a 2 by 10 or even a 4 by 10 that's just for you to hear it and the rest of the band to hear it. Usually it's smart to just put two 2 by 10s one on one side of the stage, one on the other side of the stage. Yeah, the, these days, I mean, a Mark bass like 210 combo and, yep. and a direct out to the board is probably yep. the optimal way to get and then the rest of it comes from the subwoofer, so it doesn't really matter. I want something that's and and like I said, that's about that's about twelve hundred dollars um, street price. So you gonna put together I, a bass pedal board? Um, I don't. You know, I've been playing bass since I was seventeen, and um, I played it exclusively. You know, I was talking to somebody. I was like, "Wow, that's right. I didn't play guitar at all for almost eight years." And uh, six or eight years. And and so it's really not um, – and I need a new desk. You can see that. Um, uh, anyway, I um, – but I don't want to buy some piece of wood that's just going to have to get treated. So I got to find something right. that's – you know. But anyway, um, I, I remembered that um, while I was playing bass, um, I, didn't, I didn't play much guitar. Um, so I, I'm – I'm kind of. Um, yeah, be careful! <laughs> it's dangerous. You might be a bass player before it's over it, with. <laughs> yeah, and it, and the fact is, I don't want to get. Oh, I was one of one of those guys. I had this many bases. I mean, yeah. And why? I really yeah, and, only played one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know I've met several pro bass players who have two bases, and that's it. Yeah, and it's and I mean they're expensive, nice bases. Yeah, um, yeah. In one case, uh, the guy's got uh, – he's got three, and he's got like uh, – I think he said he's got $4,000 wrapped up in one yep. and then six six in another, which was in the lockup. It got stolen, and then it got recovered, and he can't get it out of the police station yet because it's being used for evidence. Wow. And then, an- and then another base – uh, this one is like daily driver is like three grand and he brings out into gigs and like one's passive. The other two are active. Yep. Uh, two of them are five string. One of them, so it's, it's, there's, they, he covers all the bases basically. He's yeah. got, you know, and then of course you told me, you said my, my amp rig, since the same rig it's been for 20 years, you know, it's Ampeg SVTs and, um, big, big, uh, eight by 10 cabinets and stuff. And I'm like, He's telling me all this, and I'm like, dude, I don't know who you think you're playing for, but <laughs> there ain't nobody that could pay me to roll around 8x10s anymore. Nope. Nope. I don't see anybody do I haven't seen anybody do that in 10 years or better. Um, unless, the, unless it's like a big, you know, touring rock act right, or something like that. Right, That's like what that. I'm saying. I'm talking about the it's club a, acts. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't see anybody roll around anything bigger than a 4x10. Um, yeah, four by ten is it's not pushing it's, it. It just depends on what you're doing, you know. Right, right. I, I mean, the Mark base I'm looking at. So there's two versions of the same. It's like the power amp is the same, it's like 850 watts or 1,000 watts. Yeah, yeah. But the but the cabinet is different. One of the cabinets mm-hmm. is two tens with a twelve, or two tens with a fifteen. I don't remember. And then the other one is just two tens, and both of them will feed another cabinet. 
so sure. I could push two cabinets if I needed to. Yeah. And really, that's... I mean, unless you're trying to move a ton of air on stage, it's really not worth it, because like, yeah. you're just going to get most of your volume out of the PA and the sub anyway. Yep. And you, and you usually gig with a sub, so... Yep. That's no-brainer. I would just... Throw, hell, I probably would just get the Steve Harris Sands amp and... Yeah. <laughs> it's It's been uh, thought. It, it, it would just... It, it would be like clubbing people in the front row. I mean... Have have you have you actually heard like um through like a good set of studio monitors what Steve Harris's tone sounds like? It's I mean it's like getting hit in the face. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I've been I've been third row from uh from yeah. Iron Maiden yeah, right in I, front of his monitor. And of course bass is not directional as you know. Yes. So he's standing there with his foot up on his monitor doing the and yeah. and it's just like <laughs> Yeah, you feel if you have if you ever driven a car where you roll down the front window and then one of the yeah. back windows at the same time, that's basically the feeling. <laughs> except it's far exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And back then, I didn't think anything about hearing protection. Um, yeah, well, no, that was, was uh, that was one thing Nick and I were were scrambling for all weekend was uh, earplugs because you know we were just we were just wailing like everything was turned up. We didn't care because he's got a house and like we were yeah, in the basement yeah. and stuff, yeah. and it was it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I've already asked my neighbors. I said, look, I'm going to go as loud as I can, and I want you to be honest with me. If if you can hear me, let me know. And no one, not my back neighbor, my that neighbor, that neighbor, that yeah. neighbor, none could hear me. So this room is quite well insulated. But you asked me about pedals. And so like I said, I, I, I played about eight, ten years, and I was one of those bass players. Now, I'm not putting down anybody that uses pedals for bass. No. I'm not going to do that. That's not my bag. If that's your sound, it's your sound. The only thing I ever thought I might get, and even now, there's three pedals I might do for bass. Can you guess what three they would be? One's a tuner. Okay, I'm not going to count the tuner. Yes. That was the only pedal I used before. I didn't count that as I mean, a pedal. I, 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 would, I would definitely have um, an Ottawa and a Drive. And I think that's – I don't know that I would need anything else. Maybe a synth pedal, you know, or an octave. Uh, like a low octave is good for bass because you can fill out sound with that. Especially um, if you're in a three-piece. Yeah, and that was something that, like, never occurred to me um, until, like, I started playing with guys more recently. Yep. And they were all running octaves. And I'm like, what are you doing with that? And they're like, well, we just mix in a little bit of low octave to you know to fill out low end i'm like oh so i would probably do like believe it or not you pretty much hit the nail on the head i would do a um some kind of chorus octave thing um uh preferably bass these would be bass versions of the pedals um a fuzz pedal or um distortion pedal um and the reason i would go fuzz or distortion is because there was a time when they had tube bass amps. Right, um, right. And they're still around. You you mentioned the yeah, subway like series. Ampeg SVTs and stuff yep. like that. But I would not be pushing hard enough, so it would kind of sound crappy. So I'd just rather put a fuzz pedal in there. Um, and the other thing I would probably get um, is just, just what you mentioned uh, is an Ottawa of some kind. Something that would... Funk yeah, up an envelope filter, an envelope yep. filter, or, you know, yeah. like Mutron would be nice, but yeah, good luck finding a, an original Mutron. Um, you're going to pay, 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 pay the Piper for that one. Yeah. Um, I saw, uh, I saw a big muff, uh, 
that was base uh, oriented. Yeah, there's. I mean, and and actually, you'll find um, the Russian green muff. Yep, is that's the one. A ba- it's a base muff. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> the 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 um they they so they didn't actually make like base specific versions. What happened was that base Until players later. preferred that one, and yeah. So when you buy the, you know, if you want something that's more Russian style, you get the, the base one, yep. and if you want something that's a little bit brighter, then you get the you know then you get the uh whatever other version you're you're after. Um, I don't. I'm just like I've never been a big fan of fuzz on base. Um, I played one this weekend actually, but um, I uh, I like grind, and there's some really really cool um, base specific like drives that yep. like have like a have like the low octave built in, or um, where you can buy amp, so like you can run the lower end of your signal clean, and then the drop, you know. So and that's the stuff that I that I think is really cool because you really. When you're playing bass, you really need that foundation tone to still like be basically un, un uh, accosted. Um, right. So, I I think probably the biggest uh, thing when it comes to bass for me, for me, my sound, um, most of the time I'm going to be clean, running bass. You know, because um, I'll be playing a lot of classic rock, but a lot of the classic rock had drive. They had two, one of two things: they had drive or they had fuzz. Um, and to to small club audiences, as long as you're as long as you're tasteful with either one, I don't think they're going to tell the difference. So I'll just find something that sounds good. I I know that I've loved always loved Getty Lee's tone, and he he distorts his tone. Um, yeah, time. he he uses some sort of driver. Yeah, um, doesn't he have a sans amp? He has a sans amp, and that's yeah. probably why. The Sans amp wouldn't be a bad idea, even if I used it for its colors. Yeah, and that's what I was just gonna say. Like when you're when you're a bass player, like you don't. I, I not it's not all bass players. There's definitely bass yeah. players out there that have boards that are like insane. Oh yeah, um, Doug Wimbish from Living Doug Wimbish from Living Color comes to mind because his board is like four, four feet long with you yep. know all these obscure pedals on it that you've never heard of in your life, um, and. I think most bass players tend to be a little bit more meat and potatoes about it. And if you're going to be meat and potatoes, something like the Sansamp fly rig series for doing just like, you know, a couple one-off sounds you need, um, is probably a really good spend of money. Um, especially because they've been well regarded on the bass side of things, probably a lot longer than they have on guitar. Um, seems like, seems like they were always well respected for, uh, bass players. And there was kind of like the dirty little secret for guitar players that they were using, you know, this X, you know, this tr- Sans Amp Tri-AC or whatever, you know, like as a backup rig or, you know, whatnot. Yeah. Um, speaking of pedals, I got to play around with a with an actual, you know, Marshall um, Governor this weekend. And um, I played a bunch of Governor circuits before, uh, like yeah. the Angry Charlie's a Governor, right? Yeah. Um, I got to say, man... We had a little bit of a moment where we were tweaking back and forth because I had my King of Tone going, and I could get close on the King of Tone, but it wasn't the same thing. Like the compression was different, so I'm probably going to build a governor because I don't want to. I don't want to buy one. They're like two hundred and fifty or two hundred eighty dollars plus shipping um, for a used one because they're you know they're from the early nineties. Right. And getting there's like three different versions of it, and getting the right one. I just don't want to mess with all that. I know if I can build my own, I don't have to mess with any of that. 
Yep. So I think it's what I'm going to do, but um, I got to replace my soldering iron first. My soldering iron is expensive. Um, I have one of these Hacko soldering systems. Oh, yeah. And uh, these are these are nice. My wife bought this for me for Christmas, but the cat yeah. chewed through the cord for the iron. So to get a replacement cord was like 50 bucks, I think. Um, to get the replacement iron for it is $88. To oh buy gosh. the whole to buy the whole system is one hundred and five bucks. So That's I'm going to ridiculous. buy a second system and have spare parts. It, it's worth it, honestly. Like I know people, I and 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 you guys have heard me on the show before talk about how bad I am at soldering, but I have um I've used Weller irons. Um, I have one right now from Harbor Freight. It is a piece of crap. Um, the tip actually like disintegrated while I was making cables for my board. Um, and it just, I'm just like, I can't do that anymore. I gotta have, I gotta have a decent tool again. Cause I had that, the uh, hackle iron when we started doing these pickup giveaways, I started using it to do pickups and stuff. I was like, man, I can actually solder now. And it wasn't like could solder. It was just that like the cheapy $15, 30 $30 radio shack irons are junk. Um, they don't heat up enough or if they heat up too much, and you burn stuff, and it's like you're just throwing money at problems. Um, so I'm glad she bought that for me. I, I'm really kind of pissed off that, that I haven't been able to use it this year. But um, I, I kind of sat down the other day. I said I need to make some cables, and I'm going to build a. I'm going to build a governor. And I said I probably should get that straightened out. So I went and started digging to find the part numbers. <laughs> cool thing though. So. Yeah. The governor thing. Have you ever played one? The governor? Yeah, no. the Marshall governor. No, so, not the real one. The King of Tone is based on the, the Blues Breaker circuit. All right. I played a Blues Breaker before. A Blues Breaker is more like the old 18 watt, you know, up to JTM 45 kind of sounds, right? From Marshall. Um,. And they're they're an overdrive pedal. Like it's it's very both both of these circuits I would consider overdrives, even though I know that the the um the governor is more like a distortion than it is an overdrive. But the reason I say that is because they don't hit your like they're not meant to sound like amp amp drive, right? They're meant to hit an amp that's already sort of driven and push it a little bit further over the cliff. And um I think there's a distinction there that, that, that should be made. It's like an overdrive pedal sounds like a pedal, right? Um, a distortion is supposed to sound like a distorted amp. Right. And it could be an amp in the box or whatever. And then the closer it gets to the overdrive spectrum of things, like is the less it sounds like an amp. Um, and then, of course, the opposite end of that spectrum is, of course, a distortion that sounds nothing like an amp, and that's a fuzz. Um, so... Um, I think it's a cool pedal. I it, it honestly, it sounds like a JCM eight hundred, or like maybe a JMP, all the way up to JCM eight hundred, and so you can kind of get like those other sounds that you can't get with the King of Tone. Uh, the King right. of Tone. So that's another thing. The Bluesbreaker circuit is not a King of Tone, and and I found that out today. I was looking at some schematics, and I go, they're not identical. Like people act like it's just a Bluesbreaker. It's not just a Bluesbreaker. Um, in fact, I even think the op amp is different in it. Um, and it's got, it's, I mean, it's significantly different. And I wonder if analog man tweaks it 
tweak that circuit to sound more like a governor because I was really surprised with like how similar they sounded, but just the gain structures were different. Yeah. So that was, that was where I wanted to go with that. But, um, we got a lot of news to talk about tonight. I mean, there's a lot of different yeah. things happening. Yeah. There's a lot of things to talk about tonight. A lot of things. So one of the things that we should talk about, we should definitely discuss it because it's being discussed and we've got, we've definitely got a differing opinion and I think it's imp- important um, I'm actually pulling them up right now, and that's at yeah, Amazon. I, it's worth doing. I'm going to pull them up as well. So Amazon.com has come up with their own line of guitar pedals, and uh, I'm going there now. So it's funny because it's hard to. They're actually not easy to find. <laughs> If you search um, for Amazon Basic guitar guitar pedals, yeah, I think it's basic. Yeah. And now here's what's funny: we talked, we we spoke already about the JHS ones, right? So, yeah, I don't think we actually did talk about those on the show yet. No, we but, didn't. So we should probably discuss the two. Okay, Amazon so JHS, Basics. That's what it is. Amazon Basics. You're right. So so JHS comes out with, um, they come out with. These ninety nine dollar pedals, yep. and it's a boutique for ninety nine bucks. And I'm gonna be totally legitimately honest. I, I when I saw them, I went, eh. and then I I listened to the video clip where they were showing off what they all do, and I was like, he's got something. Like those are gonna sell like hotcakes because they're really and they good are. and and they're very generic. You know what I mean? Like they they can fill, cover a lot of ground. Um, so if you're a, you if could... you're a first time guitar player like building a rig. You could I would literally just point you there. <laughs> that's right. I would I would say buy them. That's what I would say. I would say cuz now we've talked about how much is on my po- my board, right? And if you look at the number of the pedals I have, I have more than what he released, okay? So if you think about it, other than my wah pedal um and my tuner, I could literally turn my board into a JHS board that would just be his quote-unquote generic pedals. The the smart thing he did was he said, okay, you know what? I'm going to have quality electronics, quality parts, quality switching, but I'm going to make a white, easy to... Uh, and this is where he saved the money. So he went with a white pedal with black letters. Um, just like the... I don't know if you're old enough to remember generic cigarettes. I never smoked, but I remember seeing them. And it was literally the word generic cigarettes and it and yeah. it became so popular you would go to the store and you'd have a whole aisle of stuff like generic spaghetti generic potato chips i mean it it, it was generic everything so i think and i think he's just old enough to have gone to the store even if it was with his mom and dad seen that so to say uh to see that um uh line that jhs has done uh, definitely a smart move. All of them have the exact same number of knobs. All of them have the, you know, the printing is is super basic. The switch is in the same place. The connections are in the same place. They really brought their costs down to bring you a high quality product, I believe, for a low, low price of $99 each. $700, you can buy every single one of them at full street price. Actually, you'd be at... Six hundred and ninety-three dollars plus tax. 
So if you could get any kind of discount anywhere, you could buy these things at around probably six fifty, six you know six forty. I, I I'm just saying. And yeah, I don't yeah. know if they're a discount. I don't know if they're discount capable. I thought they were. I thought they were like a negotiated map, but but that's fine. I mean, um, they might be. So, I think it's a slam dunk, right? Like I think it's a smart. Pur- I even think it's a smart purchase. Um, I was looking at it and I'm like, I kind of want them, but I'm uh, at the same time I'm also looking at them going, I don't need them because I've got other stuff. Like, I mean, you really think their drive's gonna knock the king of tone off the board? Probably not. Not not chance in hell. Um, no, but quite, quite frankly, but if um, we were talking about a starter, a starter. But person. that's what I'm saying. Like if somebody who doesn't have that niche, like you want to explore delay pedals, their delay pedal is pretty freaking cool. Um, and I actually even some of the hardcore pedal guys that are like. You know, we have these really expensive boards I've talked to are, are like, you know, <laughs> I kind of like the sound of this one. <laughs> um, so, and, and, and actually, um, compared to Boss right now, because, you know, a lot of people look at Boss as being a cheap brand. Um, they're reasonably well priced. I mean, they're all 99 bucks. So, you know, um I think even the delay's ninety nine bucks, isn't it? I mean, you can't buy a boss delay for ninety nine bucks. No, no, you can't. <laughs> not even. Not even. That, I mean, you'd be hard pressed to do that with a discount. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. You, I think a um, boss delay is what one hundred and fifty dollars. That that inexpensive three, um, whatever they call that that uh, third one, which is funny because the JS pedals JHS series three, which I thought was funny. But um, uh, let me see. Uh, boss DD3, right? Yeah, DD3. A DD3, yeah. a DD3 is a hundred bucks used. Yeah, yeah. So, um, this leads us to the Evil Empire. Well, let me. Yeah. So the Evil <laughs> Empire. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that because I wanna I wanna stress this. So you know who was one of the first, um, uh. YouTube channels that came up in my feed that said, let's look at all of the Amazon pedals. No, I don't know. JHS. Yeah, and, that, and, that, he, you know, and you know what? That makes sense to me. And he went through all of them. And you know what he said to some of them? He said, I wish I'd have made mine that good. There were a couple of them. He actually said were pretty good. Now, here's, here's the caveat I'm going to make before I even get started with my side of this. We all know that these are made with budget stuff. They're also all, and this is something he shows, they're all Nux pedals. So if you want, so what they did was they took the Nux brand off the outside, literally the inside exactly the same, and the the placement of all the parts on the outside is exactly the same. Where the knobs are, where the buttons are, and everything else. Spraying down the outside. And and, and Nux, if I recall, is, um, what the hell is the name of that company? Monoprice? Yeah, he... He gave it no, it's not mono price, but it's one of those. I yeah. thought it was I thought it was actually mono price in disguise. It um, might be. It might be. I he did don't say know. It. he but, said it. But, but that's the point, right? Like so these really aren't Amazon doing anything. They didn't design right. anything. They just no. put their name on this. Right. Um well, I mean well, Amazon... I guess it's clever marketing, you get to step on Amazon, right? Exactly. Here's here's all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna come at it and then you come at it. Because yeah. I want you All to right. come at me, but the reason well, I, I want you to come at I'm me, I'm gonna come at you, bro. <laughs> the reason, 
The reason I want you to come at me, but keep this, keep this, uh, what are we, 800 miles apart? Keep the social distancing. No, but, um, so, so here's what, here's what I, I find funny that, 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 so there's a whole bunch of people out there in an uproar. Oh, Amazon is going to ruin the market, blah, blah, blah. And, um, the guys at JHS said the same thing I'm going to say, and they and they said it um, on a channel before I got a chance to. But I, I swear, Josh came over to my house, sat down, and said, "Jim, what do you think?" Because he he read my mind. But no, seriously, um, nobody who's going to buy JHS, Wampler, um, all these other ones are going to buy Amazon Basics. All that Nux did was knock their own knees out. Nox, Nox, if anybody's intelligent, is just going to go to Amazon Basics and buy the same pedal. So if they're looking at a Nux delay, they'll buy Amazon's delay because they'll save 20 bucks or 15 bucks or whatever the price difference is. And they'll get free shipping if they're a Prime member, which most of us are these days. So I don't see – the truth of the matter is I, I, I don't see what the big deal is. I, th- nobody's got a gun to somebody's head saying you've got to buy this pedal and nobody's ripping their pedal boards apart going, oh, yeah, I'm getting rid of my King of Tone, this freaking $25 <laughs> delay or or not delay, the King of Tone overdrive is going to take it away. No, that's not happening. It's not happening. And nobody that was going to buy a King of Tone is going, you know what? I think I'm going to save a little money and buy a $25. No, that's yeah, not. Yeah, it's not going to rob that money for sure. Um, my, my takeaway from all this, and it's, look, look, I'll be completely honest with you. I have intense hatred of amazon.com, but it's not like it's, and, and I use their services, right? Like I, I was pay just for Prime say. every year. I, I pay for prime. I'm like everybody else, right? I pay for prime every year. I use their grocery service because I don't want to yep. go out. Like, yep. um, I'm not going to pretend like me and Amazon aren't sort of friends, um, but we're not good friends. Like there are definitely some things there that, that need to be remediated. Um, and the reason why I look at this and I just kind of shake my head is not because they put, they put their name on pedals, but it's because they put their name on pedals. Um, and in the sense that, look, I don't care who's producing pedals. I don't care if they're good or they're bad. My problem is they're producing, they're, they're buying a pedal from another company. They're stamping their name on it and then they're taking a cut. And it's like, how much more money do they possibly need? Um, now, I know for Nux, this is probably, in their mind, a good idea because Nux is looking at this and going, we don't have market credibility. We don't have market credibility. And I'm sure that's what's driving this conversation between them and Amazon and it's driven the production of this uh, these units. Um, I'm not going to say that's a good or a bad thing for them to actually have done that. That's a business decision that will be etched in history depending on how this turns out uh, long-term. But um, I do think it's funny that, you know, a company like Amazon who is selling books has their fingers in literally everything now. You they know, sell ba- you can buy Amazon Basics batteries. So um, let, me, let me go back a little bit in history and, and just say what I remember Amazon best for. So when I was going to college, Amazon was new. So I think this was around 2000, no, 90s, 90s. It was the early 90s, man. 
Yeah, they started in Wizards in like '95. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. So I was going to college at that. As a matter of fact, I was going to college before that. So it was, um, it was way early. It was AOL.com, CompuServe, People mm-hmm. PC. Yep. Okay, that was the time frame, right? So, and I remember going to them because when I went to them, here's what they did: smart, really smart. Because they were going to the college person. Now, at that time, I was in my late 20s, okay? Early 30s, somewhere there. Um, And so what they did, um, and you got to give them all the credit in the world for this. They bought up a bunch of used college books. Yeah. So I went to Amazon.com and... They, you know, the school, I, I went to St. Leo College, later St. Leo University. Um, I, when I went to school, they, they said, okay, here your, here's your school book list. I went right to Amazon.com and I bought those books for pennies on the dollar. Like a, yeah, an I, $80 I, book was like 20 bucks. I definitely remember doing that too. And then they quickly, they swiftly kicked the legs out from under eBay by saying, okay, we're going to have you sellers. But yep. that whole thing. So like that's where things start they to go They became the storefront. Yeah. That's where things start to go awry because it's not clear if you're buying from Marketplace or you're buying from Amazon, which is why I think the Amazon Basics line exists because they want you to know when you're buying from them yep. um, if it's a generic item. And these are generic items. Like let's let's talk about the names of these pedals. Drive. Looper, yeah, distortion, boost. I mean, I mean, I, I wonder what that pedal does. Um, you know, it's e- it's easy to figure out. It's not like Earthquaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not like, huh? What? What the hell? Um, and um, you know, they got a tuner, and they got they got all the things you would need to like basically make a pedal work. This is this is a comp a competing product for JHS in the ninety nine dollar category. Um, but that said, I think. The vast majority of people that are going to sink money into pedals and go buy like a line of pedals to start, right, are people that have already got a vested interest in playing the instrument. Like they know they're going to play it. It's it, it's a done deal. They've already practiced a lot and yep. they're maybe in a competent level of guitar. These pedals are for people who like buy a guitar and they're like, you know, I got to have this and that and the other thing. And then they start buying things and then they quit, they leave the guitar in their closet. I think these I think these are also for those completionists. I think that these are these are the perfect thing for somebody to impulse buy to go, yes. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy them just to see what it sounds like. I mean that's the JHS said You can test drive them. They're twenty. You can bucks. buy you can buy the whole set. Everything they have for like a hundred and I don't remember what the number was, like a hundred and fifty dollars. He goes, he goes. I've had dinners that cost this much. He goes, so yeah. And I have, had, I have had two. So the fact is, I've gone out to dinner and spent two hundred dollars. So come on, I mean, it, it, you, it, this is this is a drop in the bucket. This is fun, and that's what it should be seen as fun. I'm thinking yeah. I might buy them. Seriously. Buy them all, put them on a pedal. I've been thinking about the same thing with a JHS got um, JHS Series Three. I was thinking about taking a pedal board, painting it white, right, and then putting the pedals on it, the white and black pedals on it, you know, and then spit pinstriping the, um, you know, because you got to be careful about power supplies. You don't want to be painting it, uh, but you know, pinstriping the power supply, a la Eddie Van Halen with white tape, um, and kind of. 
just doing a crazy EVH type thing with those pedals. I think it'd be, you know, I think it'd be, um, to use a, uh, a term, balls. I think it'd be fun. And I think that the, the Amazons would be a blast. I mean, who cares if you break them? Who cares? It was twenty five. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought for the amount of money they'd make really good target practice. Um, yeah. <laughs> except that I don't really want to give I don't want to give Amazon any more money or any more control over anybody's life. It's ridiculous. I this is this is the I, argument I ha- I have to make. I agree I with you on Amazon. I, I, I I don't think people realize how big Amazon actually is. This is this is the 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 moment where this this like is like the paradigm shift for me. Bring up the again, number. Like I said, I use. I use their service. So uh, the number is not as important as is pointing out the fact that two thirds of the internet is hosted on Amazon Web Services. Two thirds. Think about what that is when they talk about the billions of dollars that transfer hands before COVID. Yeah. I don't even know if they've talked numbers since COVID. I. I'm sure they have. Wait until the Black Friday numbers. Number, wait until the Black Friday numbers hit, and you see how this affects. I think Forbes said Bezos is making ten million dollars an hour, or something, some crazy number like that. Um, and that's why I'm like, whoa, you know, it's not. I don't care if they made the pedals. Like that's not the that's not the point. Um, it's the fact that, like, I just don't want to give them any more money. Like, I, I, I leave my hobbies alone, please. Just stay the hell out of them. Like, that's the one sacred place I have left. And so I will I will be voting with my wallet and just yeah. saying, nah, and that's enough. Vote no. yep. That's enough. Um, so, so here we are, the practical guitarists. We have a vote against Amazon. <laughs> I and will, we have a, we I, have, I submit... We have a vote that says I'll probably buy all these pedals at some point and then just screw them up. Oh, I'll buy them used. Yeah. Well, I'll just send I mean, them mine I to just, you. I, well, I when I'm done with them, I'll give them to you. I don't need I'll, them at that point. I don't want them. So you'll get really them for free. Want, I really don't want them, but I mean, <laughs> if you, you give them to me, I'll, I'll demo them and I'll do all sorts I think of it, I think it would them, be but... fun. I think it'd be fun to do. Um. I get them shipped to you, and then you can ship them to me. <laughs> I honestly don't think. Um, I mean, I would love to have seen like Guitar Center do this, right? Uh, of course, Guitar Center's, you know, well, another I, evil. I, empire. I don't expect Guitar Center to do much of anything. And you know what, though, I don't look at them as the evil empire in the same way I do Amazon. Like Guitar Center, my big my big hassle is that um, I think there's a lot of customer service gap in terms of like how they train employees and stuff, especially in stores. Cause it's like very hit or miss. Um, it's like going into Best Buy. You, you don't yeah. go into Best Buy and ask the guy in the camera department, anything about cameras. Like no. you're not going to get a good answer. 50% you know of the time. I mean? You're not going to get anything, it, but it's, it's okay to shop there if you know what you're doing. Um, well, yeah, it's like, um, uh, there's a scene in uh, parks and rec where Ron Swanson walks into a Lowe's types place. And the guy walks up to him and says, can I help you? And he goes, I know more than you. <laughs> I mean, I'm honestly like, um, I have that and I'm not trying to be a smart ass, but when I go in there, I often do more, more, more than the, than the, uh, guys that are ass- uh, assisting me or yeah. gals that are assisting me. Um, that's yeah. not always the case. Um, and I do ask questions 
And that's why I ended up going to my mom and pop a lot more is because if I have questions, they usually have an answer because they've probably seen it. Um, whereas, and that was, that was another conversation Nick and I had about like, you know, he and I are both competent enough. We could fix guitars if we want to, but we take stuff to techs. Why? Because sometimes the tech has a better way of doing it. Um, or they have a different opinion and they may know more than you because they've seen, like, for example, the Gibson hump, right? Like that happens at the, the, you know, where the neck joins the, the body. Um, they know how to deal with that in different ways that you may not have thought of. Like, for example, steaming a neck or that kind of thing to straighten it. So yeah. that's kind of why, like, I think I don't see them as the evil empire. Guitar Center is the evil empire. Um, but, you know, we have brands that are budget brands already that have pedals in these price brackets. New X is one of them, obviously, but um, there's Joyo, there's Donner, um, and a bunch of these other, like, upstart Chinese companies. And actually, like, Joyo's crossed over to the point where they're making some some unique stuff. I mean, like, they're making th- like, they had their, their, like, mini pedal line that they were doing. Um, now, granted, Joyo has also gotten in trouble for just completely ripping off designs to the point where they leave the uh, source code with the original copyright intact <laughs> for, for like digital stuff. Um, I got him in trouble in court, but um, I think it was Joyo, right? Like that wasn't one of the other ones. That wasn't Moore or somebody like that, was it? I think it was Joyo. I think so. Um, so. I just like there's I'm not angry because somebody's making cheap pedals like that's no absolutely and if you need pedals and you've only got 25 bucks for a boost by all means um buy an Amazon basics pedal but just remember that like every time we give them money they're just getting richer and richer and we're getting poorer and actually my my biggest complaint about it isn't that they got money like I don't care if a company has money that's not the problem the problem is they have the government now because they are two thirds of the internet, not like business internet, but the internet run on Amazon web services, which means that government's got stuff on Amazon web services too. My cat is jumping against the door. <laughs> I thought that was a gunshot. I thought I was going to have to go. I uh, heard that. Go. I heard that. So yeah. Um, so, uh, other changes that are coming. I, if you've seen behind my head, yeah, this this chair is literally falling apart. <laughs> yeah, um, um, that's this is like wild. A, actually, it's like an eight year old chair. Seven, seven, seven. Year oh, old I chair. thought that was the new. I thought that was the new one you just ordered. Wow, that would have been a fast order. I just ordered it like midnight. <laughs> no, no, no. The one that you ordered like last year when I got mine. Oh no, no, or, yeah. yeah. The, the one that I got last year is is indoor. So I separated my offices. I have an office for when I'm working um, for the Navy and an office for when I'm doing this. So um, that way when I take my 10-minute break, I come in here. I say, Siri, give me a 10-minute timer. I do my break. When the timer goes off, everything gets shut off. I go back indoors and I'm back at work. Um, I found I was losing a little bit of time in both senses. Like I'd be sitting down in there and it's like 8 o'clock at night and I'm going, yep. Um, yeah. I was supposed to quit work at three thirty, and they're not going to yeah. pay me extra, so yeah. I'm an idiot. So um, anyway, I, you said it, not me. Uh... Yeah. So I ordered a, um, I ordered an Omega. I'm shorter than you are. Um, I'm ordered Omega. Uh, uh, 
a secret lab. Secret lab. Chair. And uh, I got the Daener- the Targaryen one. I, I hope the, you're ready I... to sit on a hard-ass chair because these are hard. Yeah. It, I ordered the uh, 300. I, well, I'm thinking about getting the um, – so there's a company called Purple. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about getting the Purple, uh, um, you know, butt wrench or butt, butt – thing, you know. Yeah, for, for your it, – It's meant for your car. Cushion. but Yeah, seat cushion. But it'll um, – It'll work because they're these are that right there, and the one that I'm getting, and the one I have inside are racing seats. They're they're car seats. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're designed from. So, what other what other stuff we got to talk about? Did we want to talk well, about the fact that that um, I sent the, hell, I sent the, a, Let's oh, talk ahead. about why I sent the Bonamassa back because I don't think I really got into that. No, you you talked about it, but I don't. Okay. I mean, like. I think it's more important we talk about what you did. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, I'm going to go there. So obviously, I I sent it back because it wasn't filling a hole. It wasn't filling a need. And one of the things that I got to thinking about, and and my, it it was something that my um, Sweetwater rep said that really lit a bulb inside of me. He goes, he goes, yeah, you know what? Because um, they they paid for my, uh, I got lucky. They paid for my shipping, my return shipping, um, and. Uh, he goes, you know, not everybody um, uh, likes a signature guitar. And, you know, I know your take on a signature guitar. Um, so let me let me ask you, what is it about a signature guitar that you don't like? Um, I don't like the fact that, that it's like it's, – I just see it as a form of fandom. Like people wear T-shirts of their favorite bands. Like I don't – need like i i've always looked at music as a way for me to express myself not express myself in the way that somebody else would like that's not the that's not the goal for me and so the whole idea is like kind of insulting um i don't i don't disregard the fact that like everybody has preferences for certain things um and i do think there's a little bit of you know tongue-in-cheek like oh i'm gonna play this van halen song so let me get out my frankenstrat kind of deal um, but I just, it, it, it irritates me the idea that like, oh, because I'm playing this person's music, you know, I need to have equipment that meant like, there's, there's just no reason for that. Okay. Um, so yeah. And, yeah. and oftentimes a player's preferences are not your preferences. And like, so I can think of situations where people have like a 7.25 inch radius. Why would you want a 7.25 inch radius? Oh, because you'd like to everything to fret out at the 10th fret. It just doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, seriously? That, um, that that speaks highly to what I was about to say. And we've we've talked a little bit about that, especially when it came to the John Mayer Strat um, or the John Mayer PRS. That's exactly what I was referring to. But, yeah, but, um, uh, yeah that, that is seven and a quarter, isn't it? I, I, didn't yep. like the, I didn't like the fact that the, the neck was so round and the radius was so round. But anyway, so um, – what I was about to say is, and this is probably the most important part for me, is, um, and what he said is that when you when you buy, all right. So the the Bonamassa Les Paul Custom Epiphone isn't because Bonamassa plays that Les Paul Custom, ep, you know, uh, on stage a lot. He might play it for one song a night, if that. Right. So that's not really. I mean, when you say it's not really a signature, but what it is is it's it's a um, an attempted copy at what he's got. Um, the thing that I didn't like 
And, it, and this is where he said it. He said, Jim, sometimes the sound they like is not a sound you're going to like. And that's where, like what you just said, um, that's where I was. I did not like the, the tone of the guitar. Can, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you, ha- do you have a Dumble? No. Do you have um, Tweed yeah, Twins? Yeah, exactly. No. Like five Tweed Twins behind you? Yeah, no. Then how in the exactly. hell... I mean, it's a crapshoot. That's why I said like that's right. it was a crapshoot. I knew that going in. Well, but but for everybody, when they buy a signature guitar, the reality right. is, unless you have every finite little piece that goes along with it, you're not even going to be in the ballpark. That's right. Um, and it it comes down to like, does the guitar fit you more than does the person's name on the headstock mean anything? Right. So right. I would just and so, oh, a stock models. I don't right. need to see somebody's the, name on it. Right, and the truth is, I knew that going into it. Also, I was like, "No, nah, I probably have to get bongers to build me three pickups," because the fact is that I probably won't like them. Well, he figured he was going to as well. Yeah, we were we were I, talking about it. He's yeah, like, did, oh, did, did oh Nick, believe me that he... that was my first. You know, yeah, he, he I... asked me. He said, "He said, did Jim keep that uh, keep that uh, last ball?" And I said, "No." And he was like, he was like, oh, he's like, I was getting to get it ready to uh, spin him up some pickups. Yeah, because he knew he could he could open that thing up for me. That thing was going to sound really good. He's he's got a um, an Epiphone Joe Bonamassa Firebird mm-hmm. that you would not know is an Epiphone because yeah, he's got I like it's it. got the it's got the Gibson headstock thing and like because yeah. you know that's just a plate on those. And then he put his pickup in it and uh, he did some other stuff to it, but it but yeah, you you wouldn't know, and it sounds great. To be honest, so yeah, I was. uh, Believe me, that's still in the, that's still in the possibilities. But I wouldn't even bother with the Bonamassa one. I would just get a Gibson, or I mean, an Epiphone custom, and have him do it. Because, to be honest with you, that would be a fun thing to do. Like when we finally can get together for, for the Sweetwater thing, and I'll do that, then. Um, so, the. uh, so what I did was, and you you knew this because it was kind of your idea. Um, I don't want to give you all the credit, but um, it it was. Yeah, you don't have to give idea. me any. It's fine. Yeah, is it? Yeah, <laughs> don't worry. You take it. Um, no, no, I don't. It, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. Like yeah, that's what I was going like to say. I just like to just spend Jim's money for him. So, so uh, David David recommended that um, he said Jim. You, you love the SE. Why don't you just get an SE? And well, so, I actually, I believe what I said was you have a tattoo of birds on your arm and you don't own the yeah, I don't own wing right now. Yeah, I don't own that one. <laughs> so I I said, you know what? You're right. And I loved the SE that I had. And so I I ordered one sans the Floyd Rose um, with the same 8515S pickup, same wide pattern, thin neck, same nut, same everything so <clears throat> that's on the way i'll have that wednesday according to fedex estimated delivery date is now wednesday the 11th yeah and you got the deal because they're they're about to bring out new models in the next two or three months um yeah. and we're we're we i can't say much but we've we're hearing from various retailers that yep uh the new models are going to be really good yeah. um yeah, they're so, going to add some stuff. So you're if you're thinking about an SE, you might want to hold out a little. Bit. I would, I would, unless you're got money burning your hole in your pocket, I would wait to see what the new models look like. That's I, exactly you know, that is, same thing for any guitar company right now, though, because 
number one, we're in COVID, right? So, which means in most states, there's still some sort of restrictions going on. Um, it, it's still difficult to get stuff in from overseas. And so um, I would be very, very timid about uh, buying anything right now going into the holiday season to see what gets dropped. Um, and that means guitars, pedals, amps, everything, because uh, the new models are about to debut. Uh, there's no winter NAM, so... Yeah, and so the only way to to quote unquote get those things out is to just let the retailers know, um, and uh, by by the internet, and then for them to, you know, if they're like an Andertons or something like that, they're going to make videos with what they get in, in stock, and then they're going to hold the videos back until the day they can release them. And so right. the the fact of the matter is, I I got the PRS SE. Uh, uh, gray, trans gray, I think it is, or trans black, um, uh, same color as the uh, one that I had, um, and uh, the book match on the one I picked, because, and that's the thing you would think. Now, here's what here's what's interesting to me, because of the way that they do it. So, the the book matched tops on these guitars are we we all know they're very thin laminate, right? They're laminate top, and we know that there's a there's a maple cap on there. Yeah, they not, still put a maple cap on it, but yeah. that's more for tone than... Right, for whatever reasons. Right. But the the cap you see, the ca- the the top you see, is a laminate. So you would think right. they'd be able to create like 12 identical guitars or 20 identical... I have not seen like two of these things that look alike. And so it's very, um, it's very hit or miss whether you're going to get a, a lot of flame... If you're going to get a little bit. Well, yeah, that that was what I was going to comment. We've talked about this on the show before. Even though they're, they're these these veneers, I mean, right. they veneer, suck sometimes. Right. It's like, how yeah. the hell did you put a veneer on there? Like, that sucks. sucks that bad. <laughs> yeah, you look at some of these tops and they're just downright awful. And you know what's funny? I think that I think they do this on purpose. Oh, we got a sucky top. Okay, where's that light one? Okay, put it on there because somebody's going to want a seven pounder. So put it on that seven pounder. Oh, yeah, but sir, this looks like ass. I, yeah, I know. I think so put it on the. Seven I pounder. think you're over overestimating things. I think that's just the way Cortec builds. Like they Might they're be. given they're given a, a certain spec for you know how much flame like, and they probably have a you know they go over it with a, a magnifier and they go you know the flame is this wide and so it fits the fits the spec. Use it for this model and get it out of here. Um. I mean, but if you look and, at the flame on the one I picked, it's like, holy crap! You know, I mean, it, it, the the mirroring. You know, the 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 important thing I should say the bookmark, the book match. Excuse me, the book match on this thing from end to end is almost perfect. I mean, if it was not a veneer, this would have been a ten top. I mean, this thing would have been just incredible. How, and that's another thing. You're gonna veneer a guitar. How the hell are you not getting the bookmarks, the bookmatch to like be seamless? Right, like it should be, it should be it should a, look a, like a, a straight line. And yet, I mean, and I'm not trying to down, uh, you know, PRS, but come on. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I think it's just their 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 imports, and unfortunately, that's kind of the way Cortec does things. Um, and and you know what, as far as PRS is concerned, I wouldn't look at it as a negative because even if it's an ugly guitar from PRS, if it's an SC model, chances are it's still going to be a lot of guitar for the money. 
Oh um, yeah. But if you want, but if you want a pretty one, you know, it's it's yeah. going to be a little tougher. And that and that's one reason to go through a company like Sweetwater at that point. You know, and I know I work for Guitar Center, but come on, Sweetwater, you can look at the exact time. When I called my rep this morning and I spoke with him, um, matter of fact, he called me because I sent him an email. I sent him an email right after I bought my chair. I said, I want this. When you get it in the morning, I want to be your first customer. Yeah. And I and I want this exact uh, serial number. And so when he called me, he said, Jim, I got that serial number. And I, and I showed him a thing on the because it looked like it might be a crack, but what it actually is is a, it's a um, a fuzzy from that thing they used to clean it up. But I said, okay, yeah. that's that's fine. Um, so he was uh, he was talking to me. He goes, uh, you want that one? I said, yeah. He goes, okay, it's in a bag. It's on the way. And it, and that's the beauty of it. I know exactly how much it weighs. You know, I know um, everything about that guitar uh, before it leaves the, you know, the 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 factory or the the store um plan on set up when it shows up that's the only yeah. thing you got to do yeah and that's that's something that uh i wish guitar center would realize that that's a huge thing when you're buying we we talked about this in our episode called pig and a poke when you're buying the pig and the poke you need to know what the flame looks like you need to know what the guitar looks like if somebody had said to me and I know people who would have been pissed if they bought that guitar behind my head. They said, yep, that is um, what's supposed to be vintage, uh, vintage Sunburst. No burst. That's no burst at all. This is not even an unburst. This is a non-burst. This is, a, this is an anaconda yellow or whatever they call that thing. This is the um, – no, the uh, – the, um, oh, what's the name of the album? Welcome to the Jungle. Um Appetite for destruction. That's what they call this. Appetite burst. So that that's an appetite burst. And there are people that would have been at that time because they didn't know the appetites were coming out. They would have been ticked. Said, no, I wanted a vintage sunburst. That's not what that is. Give so is that what they actually Or Heritage they... Cherry. Sorry, Heritage Cherry. That's what it was supposed to be. Is that Go what ahead. they actually did? They screwed up and like finished yours like the like the appetite burst, which hadn't appeared yet? Yeah. Yeah, that's but they funny. couldn't tell me that. At the yeah, time, that's they why they were kept me. going back, at, back and forth, trying to figure out what the hell was going on. Yeah, and you, now you know, and you're like, yeah, there's something really all that special. They just screwed up. <laughs> yeah, they just messed up and released a guitar. Maybe they didn't like the flame on it. Maybe there was something with the thing. They were like, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to put this at the three thousand dollar line. We'll keep this at the twenty five hundred dollar line here. Just put the other pickups in it and send it out. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, hopefully, if you ever have, to, if you ever decide to sell it, that you will get your money back out of it oh, for yeah. what it is. So, because yeah. uh, it's definitely a unique piece, but yep. Um. So what else is else there? We were going to talk about. There was something else we were going to talk about. Somebody quitting. Oh, somebody getting fired. Well, I heard he got fired, but of course, I was looking at months old news, and it was John Cruz. Right, for the custom okay. shop, and I don't want to go into the specifics of what happened. That's not that's not my objective, or or I don't think that should be anybody's objective. That's that's their objective. But um, the we did talk about what happened with a certain pedal company. Yeah, right? yeah. Full, was it full tone? 
Oh, yeah, Full Tone, right? Mike Fuller's company. Yeah. So if you take a similar thing, he he tweeted something or repeated a tweet or something that that somebody saw and took offense to and yeah, um, it was it was BLM related. Like basically, he ran his mouth. He probably shouldn't have. Um, yep. everybody everybody who's like you know deep in the guitar gear community knows who John Cruz is. Yep. Um, he should have been a little bit smarter about representing himself on the internet. Um, and it's not necessarily to say that like he is a racist or not. It's just no, that I'm he did something to, dumb. Yeah, I'm not trying to judge the guy in any way, shape, or form. Um, what I'm trying to say is a guy, the guy, a guy that was with the company for 33 years, who there's a probably maybe 15 to 20 percent of the Fender Custom Shop guitars are John Cruz's. Uh, at least a lot of the master built ones that people actually the want. master builds. That's what I mean. That what the people desire because there are other master builders. Like there, so the master build all that means is one guy built your guitar. Like right. a regular custom shop just means that it went through the custom shop. John Cruz may have worked on your neck. He may have worked on your body. I mean, you just don't know. Um, right, master built means he built the whole guitar. Right, whoever your builder is, he or she. Yep. Yeah, and yep. Um, the fact is that that. Um, that that there is still a value in his guitars to people. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that like this didn't do anything to his value. And and it, it, let's be real, like the people that are on his two year wait list with you know four or five thousand dollars wrapped up in a master built, um, they don't really care about BLM for the most part. Like th- those guys are like aloof uh, yep. guys and probably gals too, frankly are probably aloof of, you know, the whole, that whole thing. And like, um, now if you're on that wait list, it's gone. Like, yeah, that's, that's the one to remember is like, I guess you did, I guess you're out of luck. Um, I, I don't remember what they said he was doing now. Cause this was a while ago, right? Like he got right. canned back in June or something. Um, and yeah, it was it, June it, or July. It was interesting because I actually I actually knew about this back then. I didn't want to I didn't really want to comment on it because I I I was like for the reason I just said like a lot of the people just who are on his list probably don't give a crap anyway, which is which is a sad reality. Um, except that now John Cruz won't be building their guitar, so they're going to be ticked off about that, um, and we'll probably be asking for their money back, which I'm sure Fender will be obliging, um, and they might even just say good riddance. Um, I don't know how that all plays out, but, you know, I actually heard, I heard another story and I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm going to, I'm going to leave this here and you guys can research it and ask John Cruz if you run into him at a show or something, cause he's going to be in the gear industry. This guy's not going anywhere. Um, no. I suspect he'll go start his own company, um, or, or go work for somebody like John Sir, who is also a former custom shop master builder that was highly in demand. Um, I suspect that this is not true, but somebody did say that he quit. That they came to him and told him that he could not be posting stuff like that on social media, and he quit. And then they made out like they fired him. So I don't know if that's true or not. Um, it would kind of make sense in, yeah, in the <laughs> fact that they if, would want to look like they did. To... If, if that's actually what happened, 
they're going to sweep that under the rug. They're going to slap a gag order on him or whatever they got to do court-wise to keep him, keep him quiet. Maybe even pay him a settlement to go away. Um, because the reality is this. If Fender was willing to keep him employed after he's resharing anti-BLM stuff, that's really bad for their market because most of their market right now is young people. Um, the way they're growing the most anyway, um, where that, where the company is seeking to, to, you know, like make new inroads, um, that would not be a good look for them. They really have to be very, very careful about how they manage that. Yeah. Um, it's funny, like with all the scandals Gibson has, um, and I read a, I read a, article somewhere the other day and they were talking about you know this whole is Guitar Center going to file and not and whether Gibson goes through bankruptcy again or how that's all going to pan out um, but Gibson doesn't have scandals like this right now like they have we're going to sue you for using our design but not our master builder is a racist <laughs> like, yeah. like that's that's like a whole other level of scandal right um and I don't think, to be completely honest with you, I don't think I don't think Cruz himself is a racist. I think he did something very misguided, and maybe didn't think about the ramifications of his actions. Um, because you know he's built guitars for people like Buddy Guy and stuff at some point. Like yep. he's worked with a John lot of Mayer. artists of color, and there's no way. Like I just yep. don't. I just don't see that. Um. And and this is this is part of cancel culture. That's what this is. Um, you know, can, cancel culture just sucks. Like, well, and I feel bad because I feel like I've been a part of cancel culture to an extent. We yeah, talk about I, people like the Tone King. Cancel him. Yeah. I'm I'm fine with saying cancel him. Go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, everybody in the world has done or said something stupid in their life, right? And the problem has come that when your whole life is under a microscope, then the pro- then then obviously that stupid thing. It's a good thing that my life wasn't under a microscope. There's there's a lot of people my age that say you know they share uh, memes that say I'm glad that, that Facebook wasn't around when I was a kid or whatever because we did stupid stuff. We did stupid stuff. Very and, willing to admit that like I've said things that if they were on the internet, like there would be people following me with. with flaming torches and pitchforks and stuff. Um, and I'm sort of known among my circle of friends of being the guy that says the thing that everybody's thinking, but won't say because it's awful. Um, and so like, I do have sympathy for people like this that go through this situation. Um, hell we've been, we've been drugged through the mud on the show before. Like we've had well, you know, people send this, saying this nasty stuff. Um, and it's, People need to people need to take things with a with a pinch of salt, you know. Like we can only carry the pitchforks for so long. We really need to kind of back off on one another. Like everybody needs to. I mean, Jim and I've been into it um, recently. Yep. In fact, yeah, about politics yeah. and everything else, it, it, and it's, and it's just terrible. Dumb. And you know what? You know what sucks about it. And I'll and I'll say this. And I'll a lot of what we were fighting about, we were actually agreeing on, which is just dumb. And it, and it, and it's just the way we say it. And the way it's interpreted, and then we go at each other, and it's like, why did I do that? Why yeah, did no. I keep? Why did I keep going? I should have just said, yeah, I know, that's right. Or why, you know? I I honestly like 
we've had we've had a lot of um we've had a lot of conversations going on behind the scenes of the podcast for like the last year that are that are like vaguely guitar related because I mean I'm not saying guitar is dead or like frozen or on ice or anything like that, but we got a lot of us have bigger situations we're dealing with right now because of the reality of what's going on around us. And so it seems like some of these things like John Cruz getting fired from the custom shop are just like just icing on the cake at this point. There, yeah. there, there's really not a whole lot more that can happen. And um, we're really trying to make sure that like we make a better show that's more focused on not being that and being a distraction from it. Um, and that's because the world needs some distractions right now. Let's, let's be real for a minute. Like, if you're not paying attention to, you know, things like, you know, crazy elections and people, you know, contesting that there's fraud, that there's no real proof for yet, Um, you know, and, and all these different things that are going on and like the amount of people that are just willing to kill each other right now. I just like, we need music. Like we need to, we need music to give people a chance to like take it, breather and like sit down and figure their situation out um so i'm off my soapbox i just um i don't know i mean i feel like we should have arguments about you know fender and fender versus gibson and stuff like that let's do that for five minutes Who's you know better fender fender or gibson gibson 100 percent, 100 percent. you know what you know do you know what's funny jim yeah is is i know you probably think i'm gonna say fender but I just spent a weekend playing some very nice Gibsons, and I have to say I would pick Gibson prior to the Norland era. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I, and and I know you didn't get to play while you were there a good number of uh, of the twenty nineteens and up, but I, I will say that Gibson has made it. They've rounded a, tor- a turn, rounded a corner. I think they're making some good. I do. I saw some stuff this weekend. I think they're making some good stuff. I um, Um, and the pre-Norland era, of course, there were some. There were some really bad ideas for the Norland era. Come on. Well, wafer thin, wafer thin uh, things that were sandwiched together, and but 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 Jim, what was going on with Fender at the same time? CBS, CBS, and it was equally bad, if not worse. Come on, pre-CBS era. Fenders is what people want. That's why I can't afford to buy a birthier guitar that I want because a birthier guitar that I want, there's no such thing as a Les Paul from my birthier. And, yeah. and there's um, the 64, uh, 1964 Fender Stratocaster. It's is only the, what, like 15000 I think. Yeah, I think a cheap one is in the fifteen thousand yeah. dollars. You might be able to a afford a player grade. <laughs> you should get a couple great, a uh, couple screws from one. I think you can. I think a, that. Yeah, I think a player uh, sixty four is somewhere around uh, twelve thousand dollars or something like that. A, a, a good, I'm talking about good, is like twenty twenty two thousand dollars to, and yeah, they go up yeah. from there. And so and. and I was born in towards the end of the CBS, or I mean the pre-CBS era. What is it? Sixty-six was it? Sixty-six they sold off. Sixty-six. Um, I want to say it was. Well, that was when the I think the deal finally ended, right? Because I think right. they were. They I think CBS entered in nineteen sixty. I thought. Uh, it I might have been like yeah. way earlier. Uh, let me look. Um. So. 
I know that that uh, what is it the sixty? It's a late sixties model blackface that, and then they go to the silver face, and there's still some of the some of the ones. Yeah, they consider the cut. They consider the cutoff to be sixty five. Sixty five. Um, okay. Yep. But I think that I think the transition started in nineteen sixty four. Yeah. So. So that's why sixty four strats yeah. are. In demand 64, or... 64 to 66 is considered the transition period. The reason why 64 strats are in demand is because production went up and they were still being made like they were in 65 or in 63. 63. But the, yeah. but the reality is they were, those are CBS era strats because they're all it, CBS was basically the, the, you know, the company behind it. And then they started changing things to make them cheaper. Yeah. So. And the, and the fact of the matter is I think a lot of those 60 well like you said they were making them the same way because a lot of those things were already started in 63 just like any other company they made they put stuff together whether it was winding bobbins or whatever making cutting yeah, bobbins, they were sitting bodies, on the shelf picking wood right all that stuff was done it's not an it's not uncommon to have an original serial strat where they where the year on the body doesn't match the year on the neck and the pickups yep. like yep. they're all like slightly off in some way Um, that's not uncommon. Yeah. And so, um, again, that's why, uh, for me, if you were, if you were to put Fender against Gibson, here's, here's the thing that, that nobody makes better than Fender. I, I'm going to say this, unless you start going into custom shops. Okay. Like one-off type things. I think Fender makes the best, um, you're going to, but uh, let me, let me say this though. Uh, music man is in there um the best bass guitars that are production line basses i think fender yeah. makes some of the best production line bases. and then music man is right there i mean like literally like this and g and l is just barely behind that i was I just mean, gonna say i think just any company that's been associated with leo fender makes really good bases. that's what i was gonna say but they're all leo fender things and and i think when you look around, though, outside of those three for production guitar basses, that's hard to get close to them. I mean, you've got some, you've got some uh, hardcore Rickenbacker guys, right? You got some sure. hardcore. Uh, of course, there's going to be Schechter and um, PV, uh, and when they were when they were still making basses in the U.S. Um, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, right. And who else uh, Who else makes a decent bass? Geez, not too many. I mean, Music Man. I mean, they um, all make de- decent basses to an extent, but like the ones that are really stellar, like you see pros playing Fenders. You'll see yeah. pros pa- playing, you know, uh, you'll see pros playing a lot of, and I'm going to get crucified for this, but for like Gibson basses, for example, and they do exist. Like that's a thing if they you didn't do. know. Um, they do PRS bases. That's another one that's not like super popular. They make them, yep. but you know, but like Fender is like the mainstay, and yep. Ernie Ball probably Ernie Ball Music Man probably right behind that. Yeah, yeah, I would say because the Fender. What um, in the beginning, if you look at those early Ernie Balls or uh, Music Mans uh, before they became early Ball, Ernie Ball Music Man, I think that was before. I can't, I can't remember. Please don't quote me on that. Um, but just call them Music Mans from now on. Yeah. I think has anyone talked about how gender insensitive the name Music Man actually is? Yeah, <laughs> just like uh, that's it. Cancel Music Man. 
Everybody, <laughs> don't buy music bands. Give them to me. Yeah, um, just, just send I'll them to take me, them off your hands. And I will, I will, see, to, I will see to their disposal. Matter of fact, I'll pay you most of your shipping. So anyway, <laughs> um, so the, the music bands of, of the uh, early 70s, which I hadn't realized they, were that, they went back that far, like late 60s, early 70s, um, ACDC's bass player played a music man. And I had always thought when I was watching them before, that's a Fender. And then one day I realized, that, wait a minute, that headstock looks a little, wait a minute, that's not a Fender. That's a music man. And uh, in the beginning, they looked the same. You know, they had a very Fender jazz looking bass and precision looking bass. Because um, what, what a lot of people, I think a lot of people forget is that, that Fender kind of, not, not totally, but kind of invented the electric bass for what it was in that they were really the first real production line. I consider them to be the first electric bass. Like as far as they're concerned, like there were people that did it before, but they were always one-offs or like very small production lines. Fender popularized the electric bass. The idea that you have this upright thing that we played like a Spanish guitar. Cause they called them back in the day. Yeah. Um, the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. I I enjoy the um uh the look back at things like that. Um you know, I was watching uh, an interview with Carol Kay and uh she was playing, you know, an Ibanez. And I'll tell you why I hate Ibanez basses. I mean, hate not just dislike them, hate them. They have some great tone, they really do. And they make some killer basses. Until you get to the nut why do they make the nut like this big? It's like everybody, my fingers are real close together. They're just listening. You talking about the string they, spacing? Yeah. So the string spacing at the nut and the, and the first five frets is like a guitar. It's terrible. So you don't really get bass feel until you're up at the fifth fret or, or higher. Um, I think that I think that's um, that's probably true more on the five strings and the four strings they produce. And that's because a lot of people complain about having a super wide five string neck. Yeah, so that's. I mean, I they're, they're doing it because there's a group of people that like it. Like that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I just to me it doesn't feel like a bass. To me it feels like a guitar. And uh, I I tried I tried to lo- fall in love with those things because I wanted a a bass guitar that was that was light and responsive and you know had good tone. Um, and that was easier to play, but for some reason that that nut. I think the real reason that Ibanez basses are popular. It, I mean, that's obviously there's a little bit of ergonomic thing, right? Some people do like the the nut spacing and all that, but I think the real reason they're popular is the electronics. You can buy a three hundred and fifty dollar Ibanez bass. That yep. sounds damn good, um, and that's the active electronics, right? Like it's. They just they've gotten really good at it, and yeah. it they give you a body that's kind of like a Yamaha and all the different pieces of components of that, um, and it's it's lightweight and it's supposed to be ergonomic, and it they do their job really well. I mean, um, but they're it's like I don't really think an Ibanez is an exciting bass. Like when I look at basses, I I would much rather play a Music Man 
Um, in fact, I, I, I don't really think much of Thunder basses. I mean, that's what I play. I have a, I have a jazz bass that I've used for recordings and stuff. Um, but if I, you gave me a choice, I'd, I'd take a Stingray, a single pickup Stingray, um, over that any day. Um, and it's just, it's just a matter of preference. And, um, I honestly think that, that the Stingray electronics are more modern and more versatile, um, than my jazz bass and, and the P bass that I've also owned. Um, so that, I mean, that's basically what it's worth. And granted jazz bass, P bass, typically they're passive bases, you know, right? Like, so the pickups might be good, but you're going to need something to drive the output of the amp because you're going to need something to push it a little bit harder. Most yep. of your modern bass amps are expecting to see, um, a active signal. Um, so I know a lot of guys that use boost pedals, believe it or yep. not with bass. So, yeah. Yeah. For that very reason. Um, or a compressor. Um, yeah. Well, the compressor the... helps even out the volume level. Yep. Um, and they'll use the gain control to boost it up. Boost so they, it. so they're That's doing, right. so they're using it as a two stage thing at that point. Yep. Um, this one is a, is an active base. Um, this, uh, Sterling. Aren't they, aren't most of the, um, aren't most of the Stingrays active? I think so. I thought they all were. I'm not really. I'm not really sure. Um, I know that they've played when I picked them up and played them at the store. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, honestly, maybe they are because I, I haven't played enough Stingrays. I know I like the Stingray. I've always wanted to love the Bongo because I love the look of the Bongo. Um, oh, they're ugly. I hate them. But I'll be honest with you, the feel of the for some reason there's something around that about that body because I'm a finger player that that just doesn't. It, it's like. Instead of this, it's this. And I think for a pick player, maybe it would be better. Plectrum player. Um, and that's another thing that's funny about Carol Kay. She was a guitar player long before she was a bass player. Mm-hmm. And uh, she talked about, you know, those early sessions and when she got called in. Can you play bass? She was like, yes. <laughs> she went, <laughs> and she, but um uh, she, she, it was interesting because her choice of instruments, you would think that today, right. That she would play a Fender, um, jazz or precision and she would play like a, um, you know, a Fender or a Gibson guitar. Nope. She was playing an Ibanez guitar and Ibanez bass and not even a high end one, just kind of a middle of the road thing. Um, I found it, I found it funny and she had tape. Literally masking tape um, or something that looked like masking tape on the bridge of her base to keep it from rattling. So. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, G&L bases because that's oh, they what make... – um, yeah, they, they make some, some wild stuff, but that was the evolution of the Stingray. I mean yeah. they, they really took it a step further with like the Kiloton and yep. um, the M2000 and the – you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and you'll see that they like change where the neck pickup and stuff is at on them. Um, if you get a two pickup model, um, it's, it's And they're good bases. Like if you've never played one, they're, they're fantastic. Um, they play just as good as, as the music man stuff and they're cheaper. Yeah. Um, significantly cheaper. I know somebody out there is going, you idiot. Like, you know, the music man bass has a baked maple neck or whatever, you know, whatever they're doing now. And like all the other, it's like, listen, cryogenically treating a guitar body 
do you really think that that's necessary? Because, like, you know, there's only 60 years of guitars that weren't cryogenically treated that are worth, you know, probably more than your brand new music band is. Um, yep. So I, I, I look at a lot of this stuff as, like, voodoo. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was looking at the AZs and they were talking about whatever wood treatment they were doing to the bodies for the AZs, and I'm going, really? Like, show me the evidence that actually suggests that what you're doing makes a difference. Because, I mean, it's a piece of wood, folks. Like, bake it, make a body yep. out of it, put some paint on it, put a neck on it, yep. and maybe paint the neck. <laughs> you know, like, and it's going to be a guitar if you put... If you put For some reason, there's a, there's a flood of the bass that I want. I'm not going to mention because I don't want to see them disappear, but um, um, the... Uh, uh, there's a certain Fender precision that I want. Um, I've mentioned it before. Yeah. And there's a flood of 2006 models um, that have hit the market. And I say a flood, like three. <laughs> so, but when you go from zero to three, that's a flood. But I've seen um, uh, four or five different um, models up. And uh, all but one look like I would go after it. About thirteen hundred dollars to fifteen hundred dollars. It's the price range I'm looking at, and I may just jump on one of those very shortly. I think I'm gonna buy it before you get a chance. You got to buy them all, just, <laughs> just like Pokemon, just to ruin your day. I can resell yeah. them. I know they'll sell. I know they will. I know they will. You could sell me hey, one. Hey, this this one's in two other cards. <laughs> It also it also ships from the United Kingdom. No, oh, I know. I that that was the thing about the V. So the V I've got. Um, I still do you see any on Reverb, the V twos. Um, that's a uh, that's a rare guitar. Um, still, the last when I picked this one up, there were only two other ones. One was in Korea, and one was in Germany. There's a couple on here. Yeah. You got to type V two, not V. Yeah. I I. Yeah. And there's um, there's one for five thousand, one for forty five hundred, one for thirty three hundred. Yep. There's yep. a fifty two hundred dollar one. Here's a forty three hundred dollar yep. one. Twenty seven fifty. Here's one for. Oh, that's not that's not flying V two. Uh, here's forty three hundred. Yeah. So I mean, they're out there. Yep. They're not super popular, and um, the ones that are out there are way overpriced. A lot of them were overpriced. But people are smoking also, crack and they think they're going to get fifty two hundred dollars for a for a V two. No, twenty eight maybe. I don't and like it's not even as good shape as yours. I know. Oh, it's got a headstock break. It's got a headstock break. And I saw that one. Fifty two hundred dollars plus two hundred dollars yeah. shipping. You know why? Because it's coming out of Moscow. Yep. I can believe it. I can believe it. It's Putin's personal guitar. But I could. I could get. I could get enough of for that to buy me too. <laughs> but um yeah, no, that that I can't let that one go cuz it, it took me too long to get. So it's yeah, just one of those got, things where I've got my collection that I want and so You got lucky cuz you didn't have to pay anything compared to what these people are charging. These people are out of their mind. Yep. I noticed this one says this seller is open to offers. Yeah, cuz the 2000 you could ask anybody that um, uh, that resells this stuff. Two thousand dollars is about right, and that's what I paid. Um, so, if I ever had to get rid of it, two thousand dollars is what I would get. You know, I mean, 
Um, yeah. I've, like I said, I just had it refretted. So 39 years old. It's going to be 40 years old next year. We're going to have a birthday party, a little celebration, because it was born in March um, of uh, 2001. Or, I mean, how does it play now that, you got, now that you got the stainless steel frets on there? How's it play? Oh, now that it's got the new frets on it, you can, it's night and day from what it was. I couldn't, I couldn't bend a note. I could barely hold a note. It would fret out. Um, the only two frets couldn't change were 21 and 22 because the, um, the V itself, he didn't want to cut the frets and then make crappy frets. So he, cause believe it or not, the 21st and 22nd frets are kind of useless. And so they weren't used or worn at all from original. Use. Yeah, but you, but he got but he did have to level them. I'm sure he so. leveled them. He leveled them, but he didn't have to do anything else. Do they look? Do they look right? Because like I know that stainless steel looks slightly different than regular. Yeah, furniture. these look right. I'll 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 send you a picture. Um, cool. and the nut is brass. So all I did was uh, leave right. the nut. That that's not going to wear very much at all. No. Um, and he was amazed. He looked on the inside, you know, to see how it was. He didn't pull the pickups. But uh, I've already seen the back of the pickups. They're original. You know the pickups are fine anyway because, like, who the hell makes a pickup for that? <laughs> yeah, nobody. Literally nobody. You can't just I, drop I have the seen those routed. With, I have seen them routed for humbuckers, but. You can route them. Right. But if, if it had replacement pickups, it would have been routed. You yeah, can't even put a single coil in there without routing it. Those um, are single so coils, aren't they? They are. They are actually – this is what's funny. They are actually humbuckers that are meant are to they, sound like single coils. They're supposed to be noiseless single coils. That's what they're are they, Yeah, so they're three per side and they're and the, the windings are reversed is what they did. All right. You got makes it. sense. Yep. Okay. And so it's kind of like a Fender Precision but instead of doing this – Yeah, like, or a Comanche, a Gino Comanche. Yep, if you're Gino Comanche. Pickups, yeah, that's – that's yeah, GNL's Comanche is the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Tim Shaw designed those pickups, and I think he's still around. I think he's still doing that stuff. So, yeah, I, I the name is actually came across somewhere recently. Maybe it was in conversation with Nick or somebody. But yeah, um, well, we're reaching the end of our allotted time for the evening. We um, are. Do you have anything you want to wrap up with? Share? No, I think know. I look forward to uh, to um, playing the bass a bit um and uh starting to um sing some stuff and learn some stuff again you're gonna buy some uh, buy some uh amazon basics pedals for your baseboard no no (laughs) (laughs) you don't think i will not do that (laughs) what's that you don't think they're gig worthy i don't think so i think that the biggest i think that what everybody is going to find out is just like any other inexpensive pedal that that's out there under you know under fifty dollars, you're you're gonna break switches too fast, even under normal circumstances, even if you're not hard on them, um, you're gonna break switches and you're gonna and you're gonna have pots either go bad, or they're just gonna you know, or they're gonna be noisy, and that's that's another thing. But New X has pretty good reputation, so if these are literally the same as the New X box, I don't think they're gonna be that bad. Um, but I, it's worth you know. Mentioning that foot switches are often a weak point in uh, inexpensive pedals. These look like regular old triple pull double throws, though. Although I know the Joyo stuff did not have quality switches in them, um, I I know people who bought them and had problems with them. 
But plus, that who's going to give um, you customer service? The the beauty is Amazon. Whatever the the coverage is, Amazon is just going to send you a new one. Yeah, and um, that's I was just going to point that out. It's like customer service is twenty five dollar pedal. Like throw in the garbage. Yep, <laughs> it was broke. That's you what they're going to tell that. you. I mean, um, you might be able to put a new triple pull, pull double throw or or single pull double throw in there, but even if you do, I mean, the switch is going to be like a quarter of the cost of the pedal. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense at that point. Nope. Um, when we were talking about Behringer pedals that came up this weekend, so, um, and uh, we had one apart, you know, it was like laying there, and uh, we were talking about the weak points, and like it, it, it's painfully obvious when you open one of these things that the weak points are like the switch and the knobs and the pots because they're all like the pots are all mounted to the board. Yep. The switch is mounted to the board. The switch is nothing more than a little bitty like pad that gets the plastic housing pushes down into. Those things are plastic housing. I, you know, I've heard people talk so much crap about the plastic housing on them. I've never seen one die. Plastic, the plastic enclosure die. Um, do I trust it? No. But do I think it's garbage? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously they think it's okay, um, but they do also have now the. TC electronic line, which is the same pedals and metal housings. So yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, I have been David. I'm a Jim. And tonight we have been practical guitarists. Yes, we have. <laughs>